Hey, hey, this series is for information and entertainment purposes only. It isn't intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So don't delay or disregard professional medical advice based on the information provided. And as always, if this is a medical emergency, dial 911. Welcome to Going to Hell. For people from people. I've spent so much money on trying to get a good night's sleep. Weighted blankets, eye masks, white noise machines, and even a $2,500 therapeutic mattress system. Now, instead of counting sheep, I count all of the money I spent on trying to get a good night's sleep. Welcome to Going to Hell. I'm Eileen Kruger, and this is a show about, you guessed it, health. Here we will walk you through a collection of information, research, and stories for people from people about one thing we have in common, health. Through our conversation and curiosity, our goal is to bring insight and clarity in a way that is fun, edgy, and easy to digest. Our expert today is going to talk about all the different stages of sleep. I'd like to introduce my co-host, Carlos Castro III, who claims he only needs a few hours of beauty sleep a night to look that good. And Haley Murphy, who like most of us, doesn't think she snores, but she can blame it on her French bulldog, Talbert. You won't want to snooze on this episode. We're pleased to have with us today, Dr. Perry Mansfield. Dr. Mansfield is an otolaryngologist and a surgeon with expertise in ear, nose, and throat. On top of that, he's an internationally recognized sleep specialist. Welcome to Going to Health, Dr. Mansfield, and thank you for being here. Well, thank you very much for that introduction. I uh, have been in San Diego for a long time and uh, has been really privileged to be part of this community. I really developed and co-founded Senta Clinic, which is a clinic based on four disciplines, which are uh, head and neck surgery, neurosurgery, uh, neurology, and plastic surgery. And uh, I also started uh, probably the largest full-service sleep lab Mm -hmm. in our region in Amerisleep Diagnostics. Uh, for complex sleep disorders and have a large experience in that area. And that really evolved my interest in sleep. And as a result, in the arena of neurodiagnostics, I hold several patents in that space, uh, specifically related to sleep and other disturbances. Why do people sleep? Well, it's a very good and very important question. Um, It's actually very easy to think about it if you've ever not slept Mm -hmm. an entire night. So if you're up all day and the next day, you've uh, been awake all night, you, you can tell exactly how you feel. You have a nausea about yourself. Right. So what sleep does, it refreshes and rejuvenates our organ systems, our brain and our mind. It puts them at rest through a sequence of stages to basically rejuvenate them to be able to function at a higher capacity the next day. So it's one of the most critical elements of our lives. How many hours of sleep do you get a night? I generally like to get about five or six hours mm-hmm. is sort of about as much as I need. But there are times when I'll sleep a little bit longer if I have the chance. But I'm up early and I work late, so it's sometimes more difficult to do that. Right. I read somewhere where it's not a good idea to keep pressing 10 minutes more, 10 minutes more. Don't we all do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, never. <laughs> 10 minutes more, 10 minutes more, we will be late for work. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's probably not a good idea. We should go to bed at a fixed time generally mm-hmm. or close to it. Um, daylight savings time, you know, we, we, we shift our clocks. We have higher cardiac events on days where we shift our clocks mm-hmm. because of wow. the changes in our sleep patterns. 
Wow, that's so interesting. Um, how many people have trouble sleeping at night? Um, I think everyone actually has everyone, trouble sleeping. Everyone, really? Yeah. Okay. You may sleep well one night and then not sleep well the right. other night. And many factors play a role in, in how we sleep. The important aspect in sleep is deciding whether it's pathologic or just biologic, mm -hmm. right? Meaning is it something that is just normal cycles of our lives that we go mm -hmm. through or is it more serious than that? Regarding the number of hours, you know, the, they say eight hours is the magic number. Is that really or what is an, a good average? It's actually surprising that there's a lot of variability right. with that. Some people need or feel very comfortable at five or six hours of sleep. But I think once you pass the eight hour platform, if you need more than eight hours for you to feel good the next day, there's something wrong with the quality of your sleep. See, Haley, that's why I'm not doing the afternoon naps. <laughs> I can only, I usually sleep anywhere from four to six hours. I mean, it's just yeah. my mind, it's hard to turn my mind off. Yeah, I think, I think the problem with less sleep than that is that you, do, you have to get to your sleep stages, right? You have to get through your wakeful stage, your early stage, your mid-stage, yeah. your deep stage, your REM stage. And all those generally are about 25% is kind of what we try to go for. But if you're not sleeping enough hours, you generally may not be getting into the sleep stages and your sleep is fragmented. Mm -hmm. And that may not be ideal either. So Dr. Mansfield, what are the top causes of poor sleep? Let's talk about the biologic ones, the ones, the self-created ones. They're uh -huh. probably the most common ones where you're perfectly fine but you know, your activities of your day, your job, your stress, COVID, you know, the stresses of medicine, et cetera, are what make it more difficult to fall asleep. Other causes that are more environmental, for example, noises around us. You know, if you have a noisy living environment or there's cars outside or trucks that are driving, they'll wake you up. Or the temperature. You know, for example, we don't even think about that. Consistency in temperature is really important. Then medications. You know, certain people are on certain medications to help them through conditions. It makes it very hard for them to sleep as well. So those are issues. Then there are pathologic causes, right, like insomnia, depression. There's a whole series of things, you know, that cause people to really have challenges sleeping. So the, the list is endless. You know, let's deal with, let's say, depression. When someone's depressed, they usually sleep more. Is that correct? I think one of the things that is really important to understand, there's again a direct link with depression mm -hmm. and sleep disturbance. People that don't sleep well don't have the capability necessarily to rejuvenate the mind in the same way. And one of the side effects is depression. Mm -hmm. And then the consequence of depression is longer sleep. And the question is, is the sleep disturbance creating the longer sleep? Or is the depression and then the treatments creating the challenges? It's a very important issue. Depression can lead to really serious consequences. So now you're also seeing lots of devices now out in the market, you know, your phone. Uh, watches that pretty much track your sleeping pattern. Right. From your perspective, what are the accuracies on that? Is it something that people should really be cognizant about or is it more of like, hey, it's, a, it's like a baseline? I think it's great. You know, we have to embrace everything that we have around us. I mean, we're living in this incredible changing time. And as you look into the data that you get, you're only more knowledgeable the next day, right? Meaning, did I snore? Did I not snore? Did I stop breathing? Could it tell that? You know, what are the parameters that it was able to tell? It isn't a substitute, though, for diagnostic proper testing. 